Transmitter device activated. Coordinate set for Earth 2. Hey everyone, welcome to the Earth 2 podcast, a podcast where we explore the origins and developments of the DC multiverse and the legacy of their Golden Age characters throughout the Silver and the Bronze Ages of comics. I'm Peter Watson. Yes, Peter Watson, and I'm David Steele. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us. It's about legacy this week. If you're a regular listener, you may have listened to and heard and enjoyed a recent episode where a a character who wore a red and yellow costume and who can move incredibly quickly came up against a slightly spooky character called the Spectre. Well, if you heard that episode, you might be interested to know that in today's or tonight's or this afternoon's or this evening's episode, we're doing a story where a character who wears a red and yellow costume and can move incredibly fast goes up against a rather spooky character called the Spectre. Gosh. I know. But perhaps not the one you're expecting. <laughs> Are you expecting the Spectre? I'm going to inspect the Spectre and discover <laughs> that he's not the Spectre we're expecting. Listeners, today we're doing a story from issue 150 of Adventure Comics, which was published on the 13th of January, 1950, with a cover date of March 1950. And the reason we're doing this story is, if if you like, it's almost a curtain raiser, because very soon we'll be starting to do the the ongoing series starring the Jim Corrigan version of the Spectre that we all mm-hmm. know and love. He basically carries the can for the Earth 2 Golden Age characters for the next year plus in real time. We are, in fact, doing a story starring Johnny Quick! Yay! Obviously, we've talked about Johnny Quick before, haven't we? Yes, and are before the Crime Syndicate episode. Yes, and if you remember that episode, listeners, you'll be aware that Johnny Quick debuted in issue 71 of More Fun Comics, published in the summer of 1941, and that back in the day, his Golden Age comics run outlasted the run of the original Flash J. Garrick. Gosh, a fact that's still incredible to do. Yeah, <laughs> it is. We talked about this before. I mean, it probably should have been Johnny Quick that kind of that Barry Allen met. I mean, given that I think Barry <laughs> Allen's first appearance was like, Basically, about no even a year and a half after Johnny Quick's last appearance. True, it's fascinating because you know Johnny Quick outlasted. So he outlasted the original DC version of the Spectre. Mm-hmm. We should probably stop mucking about and just really <laughs> get on with the, the story because, as you may have guessed, listeners, Johnny Quick comes up against someone called the Spectre, but it's not the Spectre that we know. It's another Spectre. Now, up until very recently, I didn't know that there was this other Spectre, and then when I was looking about for something else. We discovered this story, and we thought, "Oh, good, we can do this." It's Legacy, and it's a perfect curtain raiser to the Jim Corrigan Spectre series. And let's talk a little bit more about Johnny Quick, who we're not going to see properly for a long time until we do All-Star Squadron. And that's a good thing, isn't it, PZ? The good thing, of course, being that we're going to talk about Johnny Quick, not that, <laughs> not that it's a, a long time before we see him properly in All-Star Squadron. Yes, true, true. <laughs> so, PZ, do you want to tell everyone about the cover to issue 150 of Adventure Comics? The cover to issue 150 of Adventure Comics is quite cool. You have a couple of paratroopers coming down from the sky. There's actually a sea of parachutes in the background. A lovely mm. deep blue sky. And coming down without a parachute, right in the middle of it, is Superboy. Hooray! With a, a slightly odd-looking S logo on him. It doesn't look like the standard S logo. Mm. Mm. And he's casually reading a book called How to Be a Paratrooper. <laughs> as all these paratroopers are coming down around him. <laughs> That's amazing. And it says, Adventure Comics, another exciting story of Superman when he was Superboy. But that's not the story we're going to talk about. No. That's that's quite funny, the How to Be a Paratrooper. It reminds me of that time in Doctor Who. Do you know the bit I mean? Yes. Uh-huh. The creature from the pit. That's correct. The Doctor falls down a sort of mine shaft, listeners, and 
as he attempts to climb out, he digs into his pocket and brings out a book called Everest in Easy Stages <laughs> and then notices the book's in Tibetan and then digs out another book, uh, which is called Teach Yourself Tibetan. And it's been said that, you know, if you're the sort of person that finds that sort of humour funny, it probably determines whether or not you enjoy Doctor Who of that particular period in the 70s. Yes. I think it's hilarious, but this is not a Doctor Who podcast. I have a separate <laughs> other podcast called The Power of Three. We can hear me occasionally talking about Doctor Who and that, if you so desire. But no, it's mm-hmm. all about the DCU here. So, without further ado, let's leap into the story. So we have our opening splash panel, bearing the legend Johnny Quick and his magic formula. And there's a big text box at the side, which actually, very nicely here, looks as if it's a, a poster on the wall yes. behind the action that's taking place. Mm-hmm. And this text box says... That ace-speed king Johnny Quick has faced some tough foes in his crime-cracking career. But never before has he met one as elusive as the Spectre. Impossible feats take place before Johnny Quick's dazed eyes. And the canny criminal makes escapes that seemingly can't be made when the monarch of motion has to solve the The Spectre's Spectre's magic formula. formula. Yes. Without getting too far ahead of it, it's a really, really interesting story, this, because Johnny Quick gets his speed powers from the recitation of a little mathematical formula. Shall we say it together? Mm -hmm. Three Three times times two, two, open brackets, brackets, nine YZ, close close brackets, brackets, 4A. This big opening splash panel at the start of the story, we see four Johnny Quicks, that really good way that they they would render Johnny sort of being in motion, and he's tussling with a gentleman in a striped suit, wears a hat, kind of flowing white hair underneath the hat, a kind of string bow tie, and this gentleman, and this gentleman's the spectre of this story, is appearing to sort of Kitty Pride style, phase through a brick wall. And he's Johnny, it looks as if Johnny has sort of recovered from being flung through the wall and is leaping up and jumping over, or maybe he jumps out of the way. I don't know. It's, mm. We'll put this panel on the socials anyway so you can see it. The chap in the suit, the spectre, is, looks like it, as if he's gesturing towards Johnny, and there's a little flash coming off the ring finger on his right hand, a little radiant glow there. And as the spectre gestures towards Johnny, he is saying, You can't stop me. Not when I use my magic formula, Johnny Quick. 7B, 67A, Q89. Interesting. The Spectre's magic formula. Wow. Go ahead and say it straight away. It's a brilliant idea that Johnny comes up against a bad guy who also has his own magic formula. It's genius. Yes. In some ways, it almost makes him the, the Golden Age reverse Johnny Quick. You know, it's, it's tremendous. So, mm. without further ado, we shall get straight into the story. Two story panels at the bottom underneath the splash panel, and the caption for the first one says... It is broad daylight on Main Street, and a rookie officer surprises a bold thief in the act of robbing a store. Yes, this is quite a panel to start off with. We can see a man who's presumably the proprietor of the aforementioned store, unconscious, face down, lying on the ground in the foreground of the panel. There's a policeman coming through the door of the shop. We can see the spectre helping himself to a pile of cash from the safe, and as the policeman walks in, he says, So you knocked out the owner and tried to rob the safe. Up with your hands, rat! The spectre replies, Call me Spectre, officer. No rat could do what I can. The policeman gestures with his gun, saying, Back up against the wall. The spectre raises his hand, and again there's that tiny little glow around the ring on his right hand, and he says, Not only against it, I'll back through it. This is a magic ring, and when I repeat a magic formula, together they give me strange powers. Watch. Top of page two now of the story. 
and the spectre has gone translucent. He looks, you know, he's, as if it's turned invisible. And as this is going on, we can see that actually behind him, there are some very neatly folded shirts and a display case. So he's obviously robbing a gentleman's outfitters, which makes a change from all the, the jeweler shops that we've had recently, <laughs> I suppose. True. As the spectre fades out, he says, 7B, 67A, Q89, and now I go through the wall. And the startled policeman says, Holy cats, he's fading out. I can see right through him. And in the next panel, the spectre has almost kind of come back into to full sort of bleed full form. And he's walking through the wall. The astonished policeman says, he's going right through the wall. If I didn't see it with my own eyes, I wouldn't believe it. The caption then for the next panel. Seconds later, a shrill blast splits the air and newsreel cameraman Johnny Chambers races to the scene with his ever-hungry assistant, Tubby. Yes, the policeman has left the outfitters and he's blowing his whistle. And we can see Johnny wearing a rather fetching sort of like, you know, how would you describe that pattern? Is it hound's tooth? Is that right? Yeah, it's kind of a... It's... Yeah. I'd say it's a bit of a garish sports jacket, to be honest. Yeah, uh, it doesn't look as if he's wearing a suit. Um, Johnny's yeah. running along, Johnny Chambers, blonde-haired Johnny Chambers, with his movie news camera over his shoulder. Tubby running along behind him. Tubby's holding a hamburger in each hand, which is hilarious. And as Johnny runs towards a policeman, he says, Step on it, Tubby. That's a policeman. We may be able to shoot some scoop pictures. Tubby says, What good are pictures if I starve? Wait till I finish these hamburgers, Johnny. So they've caught up with the policeman in the next panel, and the policeman's explaining. A crook. He called himself the Spectre. He walked right through the wall. And Tubby looks at Johnny and says, Listen to him. Now they have comedians on the police force. Nice aerial shot in panel five of page two. The policeman continues to explain. I'm serious. This crook had a magic ring and a magic formula. He just said it and walked through the wall. Johnny says, Magic formula? Sounds like Johnny Quick. And then Johnny thinks. Come to think of it, that crook can't be far away. Johnny Quick could be useful now. And he continues to think. Three times two, nine YZ, four A. Terrific. And then the caption for the next panel. As Tubby and the policeman turn away, the cameraman whispers the magic formula that masters time and space. And in a twinkling becomes Johnny Quick. The King of Speed. And we see Johnny speeding through the air after having taken to the skies. And he's saying, In half a second I can cover every street within a mile of here. If this spectre is around, I'll find him. And then, top of page three, first panel shows Johnny flying down. And he can see the spectre, still wearing his suit, still wearing his string bow tie, still wearing his hat. We can actually see in this page, a bit, see a little more clearer, we can see that he has a very neat moustache. And a bit of a soul patch going on in his chin as well. So anyway... Johnny spots this chap and flies down, saying, This man might be the one I want. He has a shining ring and he's trying to avoid attention. I'll just see if he has the loot from that store on him. Sure enough, we can see the radiation coming from the, the ring again. Johnny lands in the next panel and across the man and says, Just a minute, mister. I'm looking for a man who calls himself the Spectre. The Spectre replies, Johnny Quick, welcome. I'm going to show you a formula that's better than yours. Now, just watch me as I pass through this wall. Then the next panel, very, very interesting angle, this panel. In the foreground of the panel, there's a fire hydrant. And in the background, standing um, underneath an archway, <laughs> a couple of sailors. I wonder what they're up to. Shore leave. Yes, of course, it's shore leave. Yes, nothing else. 
The Spectre then declares, 7B, 67A, Q89, right into the concrete. And he starts phasing through the wall. Johnny says, Great Scott, that concrete is 20 feet thick, and he's going right through it. I can't believe my eyes. The next panel, Johnny's returned to the policeman and to Toby. And the policeman says, Johnny, quick, maybe you can help me find the spectre. Johnny says, I found him, but he got away. That man and his formula are dangerous. I better broadcast his picture. And in the next panel, panel 5 of page 3, Johnny again takes to the air. And we can see he's flying. as he flies up, there's a sort of zigzag V-shape, which we find out are some flying geese. So the policeman looks very surprised and distraught and says, Ha! Huh, how can he broadcast a picture? Our police cars don't have television. Tubby says, Don't worry. Johnny will find a way. He's headed for those flying geese. In the next panel, Johnny is caught up with some of the geese, and he's sort of... It looks like he's tickling one of them, quite frankly, <laughs> doesn't it? Absolutely. It looks like the geese is having a great time, having a right laugh. And Johnny, as he rubs the belly of the goose, says, Easy, chums, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to put you in a new flying formation. And then at the top of page four, wow! <laughs> the caption for the first panel says, Presently, the monarch of motion has rearranged the migrating army of geese to signal an amazing alarm. This is an excellent panel. This is definitely going on the <laughs> socials. This is insane. Yes, given what we talked about in that issue of The Flash last week with all the sky mm -hmm. writing and stuff yeah. going on, it's very interesting to see that what Johnny has done <laughs> as he's rearranged the geese to form the word wanted and then a sort of nice representation of the face of the spectre Yes. Which seems to be in front of a cloud, so I'm not maybe sure if he's done something to the cloud. And then the rest of the geese are now spelling out, dangerous, can pass through walls. <laughs> Amazing. Superb. Yeah, Skywriting and Comics, a new podcast mm -hmm. coming soon from David Steele and Peter <laughs> Watson. So, the caption then for the next panel on page four says, The flying photo attracts the attention of police and plain citizen alike. So Johnny flies over a few members of the public who are down the street below him. We see another policeman who exclaims, Impossible! Nobody can walk through walls! And then there's a very smart-looking chap in a hat behind him who says, I thought nobody could make a picture like that in the sky, yet there it is. Nothing's impossible. He thought nobody could make a picture like that in the sky, yet this guy's got previous. Mm-hmm. He's considered this. He's obviously laying awake at night wondering whether or not people can make pictures in the sky. He sat for hours. Hours. It's all, it's his, li his entire life has been devoted mm -hmm. to considering whether or not you can make pictures in the sky. And now Johnny has proved it one way or the other. This guy's life is never going to be the same. There we are. He's going to sleep soundly tonight. Either that or else he's never going to sleep again because his, what his, <laughs> he postulated has been completely shot down. I'm, you know, I'm worried about this guy. I'm worried that we're going to see him again. Watch out from listeners. No, actually, we're probably not. <laughs> Behind this guy, there's a very attractive blonde lady who reminds me of Libby Lawrence. And there's another guy reading a newspaper with a cigarette and a green hat. And he looks like he's seen it all before. And flying over them all is Johnny Quick, who's saying, There must be some way to stop the spectre. Next panel, Johnny's a little close to the ground and a cop car was speeding past. And the voice from the police radio is saying, Calling all cars! Spectre sighted at Oak and Vine! Johnny overhears this and says, Here's my chance for another crack at him. I'll get there first. The next panel looks like we've reached the location of the opening splash panel. We can see the spectre in that very, very natty suit. Um, he mm -hmm. kind of reminds me of the gambler. A little bit, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Uh -huh. Just slightly with the bow tie and the stylings, his facial hair and stuff. Mm -hmm. It looks like he's standing in a, in a building site. There's a part of a, a damaged wall with some lumber lying around. 
Johnny's running towards him now, causing the spectre to exclaim, Johnny Quick, again! I think I know the kind of wall that can stop you, spectre. A moving wall, created by my speed, with these bricks. So we're now in panel five, and we see four Johnnies as he speeds around, building up another wall surrounding the spectre. You know, this building site they're on, that's where Johnny's got them from. This is quite a nice panel. Might stick on the socials. Mm -hmm. It's very good. Spectre, with his little ring radiating again, says, You're wrong, sap. Watch this. 7B, 67A, Q89. Nothing can stop me now. And would you believe it? Of course you believe it. The Spectre is phasing through the wall again, and it looks so he's throwing a brick casually back at Johnny. Johnny actually looks quite impressed here, to be fair. <laughs> in the final panel of page four, Johnny says, Gosh, he's right. Top of page five, there's a clunk as the brick that the spectre had thrown casually collides with Johnny, who says, nothing can hold him. Ouch. Oh, that looks painful. It's a Saurian. Mm. So we have a caption then for the next panel. But as the Speed King's head clears. Yes, in this panel, we see Johnny rubbing the back of his head and we see the spectre hopping off, cocking a leg over a fire hydrant. He looks like he's from the Ministry of Silly Walks. Yes, he does. Yeah. <laughs> It's very interesting. So yes, Johnny's watching the spectre go and he says he's calmly walking away down the street, not even hurrying. He thinks I can't put my hands on him, but there must be a way. Ah, I have it. Caption for the next panel then says, Securing several boxes of matches, the flying phenom creates a wall of flame. Yep, a very helpful CWC caption there because we see the spectres now surrounded by a wall of flame created by the multiple Johnnies who are speeding around him. And as he speeds around, Johnny says, You can walk through ordinary walls, but flame burns. That'll stop you. See him striking matches as he goes. The spectre, however, with his little ring radiating, says, Stop kidding yourself, Johnny Quick. 7B, 67A, Q89. Nothing stops me. Nothing burns me. My formula is more powerful than yours. Yep, and in panel four of page five, we see that the spectre is indeed moving through the wall of flames. Johnny has his hand to his head in the background saying, it can't be. He isn't human. There's lots of Monty Python references here. The way that you're saying that formula, the brackets mm -hmm. bit, like the guy tilting his head on his side, like the international <laughs> communism phone line in the ministry yes. silly walks, it's, it's great. <laughs> so, we arrive at panel five of page five, and a caption that says, Meanwhile, ponderous puffing tubby plans a one-man campaign against the fade-out villain. Yeah, we see Tubby heading along the street. Some really nice detail here. The buildings in the background are gorgeous. We see a fence, there's a lamppost, there's a trash can, there's a fire hydrant. You know, it's very urban, it's lovely. Tubby's speeding along with the, the sees all, tells all news camera on his shoulder, and he's saying, The spectre's been sighted at Oak and Vine, and Johnny isn't around. But maybe I can get some good pictures for him of the spectre disappearing. The caption name for the final panel of page five. But... And Tubby rounds a corner and collides with the spectre. Tubby cries, Oof! The spectre's hat falls off and he says, Ah! Yeah, the camera goes flying as well. Top of page six. And we can see the spectre is seemingly out for the count. Tubby sat on the ground with his hat on the ground as well. A policeman comes round the corner and the policeman says, That fat man caught the spectre. Now we can put the dirty crook away for good. Tubby says, I didn't mean to catch him. I just wanted pictures. The next panel, we can see the spectre being taken away in a police van, paddy wagon, caught a policeman seeing him up the door. That's in the background. In the foreground, we see Johnny, who's arrived. He's patting Tubby on the shoulder, congratulating him. Johnny says, Tubby, you're a hero. You succeeded after I'd failed. But I failed too, Johnny. I didn't get those pictures of him going through a wall. 
And I won't get another chance. Caption for the next panel. That's what Tubby thinks, but only seconds later... And then one of the policemen who was at the van is running past in the background saying, Help! The spectre escaped! He just walked through the side of the patrol wagon! And Johnny says, Here we go again. Somehow, I'll have to find a way of holding that slippery outlaw. Caption for the next panel. From the local wharf, the monarch of motion secures a fisherman's net, then puts on full speed. That's another very interesting panel. I love the way that Johnny's speed is rendered by the multiple Johnnies all in motion. It's it's really, really yeah. effective. It's quite, it's quite unique to him, actually, really, isn't it? Yeah, without any speed lines, yeah. Yeah. The flash is after images, but he holds mm. the speed lines as well. Mm-hmm. And this panel shows Johnny surrounding the spectre and a few other passers-by, it must be said, in the netting. And as he's doing all this, it's a nice aerial shot, almost like we're looking down from the roof of a building. It's great. As he's surrounding all these people, Johnny's saying, I've got the spectre surrounded. Now let's see if its sinister formula can help him. And sure enough, in the next panel, the spectre cries, 7B, 67A, Q87, here I go through. Yep, little ring radiating. Toby has his camera pointed, and he says, Gosh, He's doing it. Johnny looks appalled. And in the next panel, we can see the spectre has indeed got away. And he's phasing through another building, saying, So long, everybody. 7B, 67A, Q89. I'll be someplace inside this building, but you'll never find me. (laughs) Off he goes. Tubby's still pointing the camera at him. And some of the (laughs) passers-by are still trapped in the net. And one of them yells, Hey, let me out. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to catch you bystanders, says Johnny. We arrive at the top of page seven, and there's a gentleman and lady, both of whom look very unhappy at having been caught up in all the mischief. Mm-hmm. Gentleman with a hat on says, Some crook catcher that Johnny Quick rounds up innocent people and lets the crook escape. Johnny's looking a bit dejected in the background. Tubby has the camera over his shoulder again, and Johnny is saying, He's right. After all these years, I'm a failure. I can't catch the spectre. I may as well quit chasing crooks and start a turtle ranch. Turtles are my speed, Tubby says. Well, at least the spectre did some good. He helped me get some good pictures. So, a bit of time has passed. The caption for the next panel on page 7 says, But when the film is developed... Yeah, see Tubby and Johnny watching the projection of the developed film, and we can see on the screen that Johnny is surrounding the spectre with the netting, which he was doing on the previous page. And they're watching this, and Tubby says, Huh? I missed the important shots after all. I didn't get him going through the net. And Johnny Chambers says, You must have stopped cranking the camera in your excitement, Tubby. Tubby says in the next panel, And I didn't get him going through the building either. Something was wrong with the camera. Yeah, we can see on the screen behind him, Johnny standing holding the net, and the spectre not walking through the building, but just seemingly walking along the pavement. Johnny Chambers replies to Tubby, saying, No, Tubby, the camera doesn't lie, but sometimes our eyes do. I'm beginning to understand the spectre's magic formula. Interesting. Caption for the next panel. At that moment... This panel shows Johnny and Tubby looking out the window at a police car that's speeding past. There's a voice coming from the police radio, and it's saying, Calling out cars, the spectre has just robbed a bank and walked through the walls of the vault as the bank president watched. Johnny is getting into costume as Johnny Quick, and he says, this time he's not getting away. Three times two, nine YZ, four A. And final panel of page seven, Johnny has already arrived at the bank. We can see the bank manager putting a tailcoat, by the looks of things, mm-hmm. standing with a policeman 
at the open vault door. The bank manager is saying, He isn't there. He walked into the vault and he must have walked out through the other side. And the policeman says, How can you hold a guy like that? And as he arrives on the scene, Johnny Quick says, Let me show you. Is there a big wall mirror near here? Arrived at the top of page 8, caption for the first panel says, Carrying a large mirror, the Speed King flashes down the street and soon locates the spectre. He flashes down the street, I like that. <laughs> yep, it's a see what you see caption. Johnny is carrying the large mirror. Speeding down the street, we can see the spectre. In front of him, the spectre is saying, My old friend Johnny Quick, it'll be a pleasure to make a fool of you again. Not this time, chum, says Johnny. In the next panel, we see Johnny moving at speed and circling the spectre with the mirror. As he does this, he says, Try and get through this glass. And in the spectre, inside the circle of mirrors, a little radiation flashing off his ring, which now seems to be in a different hand, is saying, Simple. I can go through anything with this ring. 7B, 67A, Q87. <laughs> and then in the next panel, the spectre collides with Johnny Quick's mirror. His hat flies off. The spectre says, Oof. Johnny says, Easy chum, I don't mind your banging yourself, but don't break this mirror. That would be bad luck. And in the next panel, the spectre's turning away and is attempting to walk through a building. And he says, I can walk through any wall. Only this time it doesn't work. He's rebounding from the wall and he continues, Ay, my head. Tubby's arrived on the scene, standing next to Johnny Quick. Tubby says, He lost his magic touch. What happened? And Johnny says, Ha ha, he lost what he never had. And now he believes he has it. Gosh, there's only two panels left, listeners. I wonder how this is going to be wound up. <laughs> the caption then for the next panel says, Later, after handcuffs are snapped on, the day's criminal. Yes, in the foreground of the panel, we can see handcuffs being placed upon the spectre. The ring's still radiating. We can see the hands of the policeman who's cuffing him. In the background, Johnny and Tubby observe. Johnny says, He never could walk through walls of any kind. But by flashing that hypnotic ring in the eyes of spectators, they imagined they saw him walking through a wall. Then he'd walk away, Tubby says. So his formula was a fake. It couldn't hypnotize the camera. That showed the truth. And then in the final panel, see Johnny tossing the ring into the air with his hand, and he's saying, Right. I fooled him with that mirror. When he stared into it, he hypnotized himself and thought he could really walk through walls. He banged himself silly. His career is over now, thanks to this ring which I'm turning over to the police. And then Tubby concludes proceedings by saying, I wish I had it. I hypnotize <laughs> myself into thinking I was eating hamburgers all day. The, the end. end. <laughs> there we are. That was exciting. There we are indeed. It was. That was great fun. That was a refreshing change of pace, don't you think? It was. There's a pending atom in Green Lantern team up, but mm -hmm. until the next JLA JSA team up, there's not a lot of Earth 2 action. There's going to be a lot of other stuff we'll sure. be covering, but in the meantime, the mm -hmm. Spectre's going to be the main Golden Age presence, so it's nice. Yeah, we had another flashback quite recently with the Tommy Tomorrow, but this is, this is a nice little one, kind of yeah. a bit more coherent and a bit more evenly paced, so that was that was great fun. Mm -hmm. In our preparation for this episode, Peter said it was something he spotted, which he wasn't sure if I'd spot. So what was it you spotted then, Pedro? Well, this is a character called the Spectre, mm -hmm. who utilises a ring. Now, of course, the original Jim Corrigan Spectre, at some stages of his career, was granted the Ring of Life. Ah. And that gave him extra abilities. 
Now, it only appeared in some stories. It wasn't in every story, because let's be honest, the Spectre is pretty powerful as it is. Yes. It's only under the direst emergencies that he would actually need it. Now, I think it first appeared in More Fun Comics 60. Okay. When there's an extra-dimensional tyrant called X-Non. Okay. Who used alien super science to control the Spectre and send him back to Earth on a mission of murder. But basically, the voice that gave the Spectre his powers gave him the Ring of Life, which broke right. the mental dominance of Znon. Okay. At the end of that story, the ring vanished from the Spectre's hand when its work was done. Mm-hmm. But it did come back to him several times uh, over the course of his career, including when he was battling Kulak, who we will come across when we eventually get to All-Star Squadron, mm-hmm. and a few other times. Interesting. Yeah, so it is, is, I think, the Spectre with a ring. There's a precedent for it. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. That is interesting. It's mental that there is another Spectre. I don't think Johnny Quick and the Spectre <laughs> probably encounter each other in the pages of any comic until we get to All-Star Squadron. We'll have to, if we can remember, mm. by the time we get there, we'll have to check and see if they have any meaningful conversations at any point. It'd be funny if Johnny actually said, the Spectre, on a crime spree? That doesn't sound like him. I know him from my All-Star Squadron days. <laughs> yeah, that would have been good, wouldn't it? No, it's a fun little story. I mean, I'm just glad of an excuse to do some more Johnny Quick, to be honest. Mm-hmm. As we keep saying, he's a major player in the All-Star Squadron. Mm-hmm. Definitely one of the leads, and that's that's obviously a long way off. So it's, it's nice just to bring him in. You know, the Spectre being a DC legacy name is just absolutely hilarious. Yeah. The fact that he's a, a spiv who liked going round robbing <laughs> gentlemen's outfitters for the cash. A dapper man about town. Yeah, it's fascinating. Put him side by side with the Jim Corrigan Spectre. They couldn't be more different. <laughs> Do you think perhaps he uh, stole his suits from that gentleman's outfitters before Ooh. he robbed the safe? That's because he is quite suavely dressed. That's a thought. He could have done. He's very kind of David Niven, don't you think? Yes. <laughs> very much like that. I can see you that. Know, very suave. He reminds me quite a bit of the wizard as well, who in the Golden Age primarily used hypnotism. He does seem to be quite that style of villain. Yeah. But, I mean, it echoes a point that you made on the podcast ages ago that back in the Golden Age... Super villains, they didn't really have costumes. Mm-hmm. You know, they, yeah. they were just well dressed guys. Pretty much, yeah. Especially if you rob a gentleman's outfitters. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. If you're a total scruff and you robbed a gentleman's outfitters, it would be it would make sense to kind of smart yourself up while you were there. I mean mm. I you know, not not that I'm intending to rob a gentleman's outfitters, but that's the sort of thing I would do. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think. <laughs> Step one <laughs> Acquire underpants, phase three, profit. Mm-hmm. I'm also reminded, actually, when we did our Crime Syndicate of America sort of lead-in episode and we talked about mm-hmm. you know, the other Johnny Quick and the other Owl Man and all yeah. that, uh-huh. we did mention the closing panels of Johnny Quick's final published story. Yeah. And I seem to remember that finished with Tubby making some kind of comment through a mouthful of hamburgers as well. Poor Tubby. <laughs> if only DC would bring out an omnibus of Golden Age Johnny Quick stories so that we could check up and see if every single story finished with <laughs> <laughs> Tubby stuffing his face. Possibly. The rotund sidekick is kind of like a staple in the Golden Age because you had oh, yeah. Tubby Watts, you had uh, Doiby Dickles, mm-hmm. you had Woozy Winks, yep. the plastic man, Etta Candy for Wonder Woman. You know, it was of course. prolific. And let's remember the original Spectre, Jim Corrigan Spectre, he had a, a comedy Tubby sidekick mate called Percival Pop the Super Cop. Of course he did, yes. It's obviously the, the fashion. Mm. It's interesting, another little conceit that we note there. So when we write our DC comic then, Pete, when the, the Spectre gets released from prison, and Johnny Quick has to call on Jim Corrigan Spectre to help and then turns out mm-hmm. that the evil suited Spectre has done a deal with the devil or something and his great power
powers mm. and his magic ring and the Jim Corrigan spectre is powerless to stop him, all of the chubby psychics will have to team up. <laughs> Perhaps the two rings could get swapped. The ring of life with the Spiv Spectre's hypnotic ring. Yeah, with terrible consequences that only a pile of hamburgers <laughs> being chomped on by Woozy Winks and Dobby Dickles and Tubby Watts can solve, or something like that. Mm. Going back to the beginning of the story, did you notice that the shopkeeper of the Gentleman's Outfitters, who we see just lying on face down unconscious in his plaid jacket, his hair looks very much like Donald Trump's. <laughs> <laughs> I did think that when we were reading it, and I knew completely what you were going to say. In many ways, we have the same mind. Yes. It's an unusual style. Perhaps Donald's trying to bring it back. Maybe Donald Trump's whole look was just a cosplay and tribute to this downed and unfortunate gentleman's outfitter. We'll never know. My goodness. I need to rethink my entire opinion on the man. Okay. <laughs> No, I did think that. It's a, it's a very interesting hairline. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm, interesting. I really like the sort of urban sense of this story. You know, yeah. You yeah. got the sense that maybe it all took place in the space of like two square miles in a particularly run-down part of whichever city it was set in, you know? Well, that's it. The spectre just walks everywhere. He doesn't seem mm. to have any kind of getaway car. He's just casually strolling about the place. Yeah. And I also love when people are trying to arrest him or stop him, he actually stops and says, ah, but you cannot do that because what you see is I'm going to use this ring and I'm going to say this formula. And by the time he said all that, they could have punched him in the face, knocked him out. (laughs) He could have drawn a gun and said, take the ring off. But he's too busy saying, ah, look at me, I'm now going to face through the wall. That's how the psychics are going to defeat him when we write our comic. He'll be making a whole big speech. He'll be saying something (laughs) about using his formula and Tubby will shove a hamburger in his mouth, and then Thorndike from the Hourman comic will knock him out with a bunch of fives. <laughs> of course. That's what will happen. That's what will Epic. Happen. And Spoilers for our comic. <laughs> yeah, and the, the Newsboy Legion and the Boy Commandos will arrive just in time mm. not to be able to do anything about it. Yeah, that works. I know you were commenting earlier on on the use of Johnny's speeds with all the after-images and the multiple mm. Johnnies, but mm-hmm. I do love the first time you actually see him in costume flying over the city with his arms yes. outstretched. It's just, it's majestic. It's it's yes. fantastic. It's just so simple, yeah. so graceful, and so suave. It's it's amazing. It's, <laughs> it's great. Yes, it's cool. I mean, as we keep saying, he's a major player in All-Star Squadron, and mm-hmm. All-Star Squadron fleshes that little element of his powers out. Obviously, this story yeah. that we're talking about was published in 19. 19- 1950. Mm-hmm. All-Star Squadron set during World War Two. so, you know, by this point in his career, 1950, Johnny's been around for a while, so he's obviously had time to refine his powers and extend them and all that, but yep. I'm sure there's a bit in All-Star Squadron where it talks about how he learns to like, move his legs very quickly at a certain way, which yeah. gives the illusion of flight and also Who's to say, maybe he's had a few conversations with Max Mercury and he's achieved a little bit of peace here that lets him just glide gracefully. Who can say? Who can mm. say? <laughs> And who knew Johnny Quick is actually also the Goose Whisperer? <laughs> yes, skywriting. That's insane. <laughs> yes. I love it. It's, it's so golden age nonsense, but it's yeah. wonderful. It's great that he would have been able to keep pace with the with the geese mm-hmm. in the air and sort of, right, guys, you know, <laughs> I'm just don't mind me, I'm just going to move you up here, I'm just going to move you mm-hmm. down here, just stay there. And, and there was enough geese to actually spell out the entire sentence, you know, can walk through walls. I mean, that's impressive. Yeah. Maybe we should do a comic where Johnny Quick teams up with Buddy Baker. <laughs> or maybe Buddy Baker chins Johnny Quick for his usage of geese to catch criminals. <laughs> possibly. Possibly. <laughs> that's not fair, says Buddy. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> Another thing I wanted to mention was just the look of Tubby Watts is basically 
like an overweight Jimmy Olsen with a hat. Yes. Because he's wearing the green suit, he's got the bow tie, and obviously he's, mm. he's put on the pounds. It's as if, you know, it's one of these versions of Jimmy Olsen from his comic where Jimmy suddenly puts on a lot of weight. Yeah. It's very much like that. I was going to put in mind of Ned Beatty and Superman the movie. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I can see that. Yeah, what is? <laughs> yep, I can definitely yeah, see that. Yeah. Fantasy casting. Yeah. <laughs> CGI, re- you know, recreations here, etc. Yeah, that was... It's, um, I know what you mean about Jimmy Olsen, but yeah, if they'd mm. done another movie where... I don't know, Mark McClure got turned into Otis. Yeah, that would have made sense. So it would be, if we're doing it period for then, then it would have to be Robert Redford as Johnny Quick and Ned Beatty as Tubby Watts. Oh, wow. Robert Redford's perfect with Jane Fonda as Libby Lawrence. <laughs> okay, let's get rid of our Transmatter Cube. Let's get a time machine and go back. <laughs> Maybe we can adjust our Transmatter Cube and make a time machine. I'm sure we could. You know, you knocked it up. It wouldn't take you too much to sort of move a few wires around and. It took me ages to build that thing. Turn a few things upside down and make it into something else. You know, reverse the polarity of the neutron flow <laughs> and all that. Mm-hmm. If only I was that good with it on, on Photoshop, I would rush up a. Of Robert Redford, Jane Fonda, Ned BT, Johnny Quick, Libby Lawrence, and Tubby Watts poster. That'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> During this time, there weren't any letter columns in the comics. Yes. So it's slightly before that is a feature that catches on. Uh, so unfortunately, there's no reader reactions from the time. But there nope. we are. That doesn't stop you, listener, from telling us what you think about the story. You can email us at theearthtopodcast at gmail.com. Make sure you follow us on social media because we're putting up some of these highlights. You can tell us if you think Tubby Watts looks more like Ned (laughs) Beatty or if he looks more like a fat Jimmy Olsen. (laughs) You can tell us your fantasy casting on Twitter. We're at podcast underscore Earth 2 and on Facebook and Instagram. We're at the Earth 2 podcast and it's the number two for all our social media. Yep, we are indeed. We're doing our best as usual to scrape together some supplementary material for this episode. Covering panels up as usual. Mm Mm-hmm. See what else we can do. There's better to be something, I'm sure, that we can pluck out of thin air. Oh, we'll find some things, don't worry. Well, we certainly will. Don't you worry. We never leave you hanging. This is the opportune moment, actually, um, having mentioned the social media pages. Just to report some very nice feedback we got on Instagram from, from an account called DC underscore sci fi underscore comics, who's a, oh, yes. who's a lot of relevant stuff to, to what we're interested in. And he commented in one of our Tommy Tomorrow posts recently saying, you guys deserve the Eisner Award for comic book history education for new collectors. Gosh. I appreciate what you're doing and keep the pages flying. So thanks, DC Sci-Fi Comics. That was lovely. Mm-hmm. It's nice to know we're, we're being appreciated and we're being received in the spirit that we're intending. That's cracking. Lovely. Amazing. Fantastic. Much appreciated. Thank you very much. I'm glad you're enjoying it. And thanks very much for listening. So, on that lovely note, <laughs> I've been Peter. He had to think about it again there, listeners, did you see? Yes, he has been Peter Watson, and I've been David Steele, and we'll see you next time on... The The Earth 2 Podcast. Transmatter Cube activated. Return coordinates set for Earth Prime. 7B, 67A, Q87.